And what's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a good episode for you here on this Easter weekend. Happy Easter to all of my uh, fans and listeners out there that celebrate. Um, got a good show for you today. Um, basically recap my week as far as, uh, what, about a month since we've been in this uh, COVID-19 quarantine scenario. Mike in Orange County will join us next segment. And I'll give you my thoughts on Bill O'Brien. Oh, my goodness gracious. Trading for Brandon Cooks with the same pick he got in the DeAndre Hopkins trade. I'll get into that. I'll get into the NFL. Excuse me. Getting into the XFL. Closing up shop for what it looks like for good as it laid off all of its employees earlier this week. I'll get to the Masters being rescheduled to uh, mid-November. I'll give you my thoughts on that. And I'll also give you my thoughts on... Major League Baseball potentially starting their seasons in uh, in um, isolated locations in the states of Arizona and Florida with no fans. And I'll get into that a little bit later on in the program. But um, item number one to get to today. Um, first off, I want to say, uh, you know, I'll, I'll raise my hand, you know, and I'm young and I'm trying, I'm young and you can say I'm an amateur and I'm trying to find my way and work my way through this business that is uh, sports casting and uh, sports talk. So I've raised my hand. I'll take responsibilities. Bad job on my part with the poorly produced episode from last week. Stuttering. I got pr- y'all pray for me. I got to fix that. Cut, cut down the stuttering, of course, and I just did it right then. So, you know, I need some help screwed up uh you know the audio screw up when we had jake on and how it looked like that me and him were having totally separate conversations with the audio delay between between his audio and mine so apologies for that um hopefully the audio will be a lot better when we have mike in orange county on um i didn't have the orioles 1960 opening day game on cue too long with delaying too much dead air time apologize for that and I didn't play the Dr. King mountaintop speech properly, as you heard a, a YouTube ad play at the end of the uh, Dr. King speech. So, get that out the way. That's item number one. Item number two, I mean, for being, a, what, about a month with this quarantine stuff? I mean, I haven't, me being on spring break of doing any of that online school stuff. My week, you know, has been pretty, you know, pretty average. I mean... I mean, last Sunday I stayed up till about I stayed up till one o'clock in the morning, watching old Sunday night football games. I saw the uh, I saw the first Manning Bowl on the first ever Sunday night football uh, broadcasts on NBC back in two thousand six. Um, and that was the year that the uh, Colts ended up going to the Super Bowl that year. And the year before, the Giants, of course, put off one of the great upsets in NFL history, if not in all sports, defeating the then undefe- heading into that game, the undefeated uh, New England Patriots. Uh, saw that. I saw the first game at AT&T Stadium in which Lawrence Tynes won it on a game-winning field goal last second. That was between the Giants and the Cowboys. That was back in 2000. That was back in mid-September of I believe 2009 if I'm not mistaken um and I saw Brady versus Manning the fourth and two game back from two I think that was 2009 as well and I saw that this was on Monday no this was Tuesday night 
I saw the Brady versus Manning game, the fourth and two. And uh, if I mean Belichick, I mean he's the greatest coach in the history of the sport. But oh my, he did not he did not coach as, he did not coach like a uh, an all time great in that game, using the timeouts early in the half, and then going forward on that fourth and two play, giving Peyton Manning and the Colts a short field. And a terrible, terrible job by Belichick, but and that was and that was a decision that he that he had to basically pay the piper to after the game and for the rest of the season, and that came back to uh, uh bite the Patriots and bite back uh, Belichick as the Colts ended up winning that game late thanks to a, a Reggie Wayne touchdown. Uh, late under uh, 30, 20 seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. Saw the Steelers versus Ravens defensive showdown back in 2010. Ben Roethlisberger played with a dislocated nose, and both teams could barely get any points on the board. And I saw that game uh, later Tuesday night as well. I saw the Saints homecoming game when they played the Falcons at the Superdome in their first game back in the Dome in 2006 post-Katrina, the Monday Night Football game. Never, I've, I'm familiar with the game. I'm familiar with what it meant to the senior ones, and I'm very, very well, of course, I know and I'm aware of the Gleason play. But you know, I was I was four years old in September two thousand six. I never prior to prior to Tuesday afternoon. I never saw the game, uh, play by play. You know, second for second, down for down until Tuesday. So I saw that. Watched the nineteen ninety one Final Four when uh, Duke got their revenge at UNLV, uh, with uh, with uh, with um. Christian Leitner and Grant Hill in the in the boys got their revenge against UNLV in the '91 Final Four, and I saw the 2015 Final Four between uh, Duke and Wisconsin um, as well. Um, that was on YouTube. Saw Wednesday's episode of Chicago PD, which was which was very intriguing. Best one of the seasons. Best one of season seven, in my honest opinion. Um, just you know, give you a quick rundown. Uh, this girl gets this girl gets uh the guy uh, what's the guy's name uh Rusick the uh the the beard the bearded uh, police the big uh, white the tall bearded police officer guy uh you know he's out you know he takes a breath five minutes being at a bar you know and he was you know he and the and the bartender were flirting or whatever he needed a break went outside you know and saw a girl getting getting kidnapped he said something you know he quote unquote legally hijacked a uh not hijacked but legally stole someone's car to go catch him uh you know lost the kidnapper um drove into a group of pedestrians swerved around and and, and crashed so and then he you know he you know goes to his boss hank voigt um, and then, you know, they end up going to the guy's house and they figure and, you know, the mother is all crazy and the father for whatever weird reason, um, does not, you know, typically if, if your kid is kidnapped or something, I mean, you basically are that the world's about to end and you basically cannot hold it together, which is what his wife was acting like. The father wasn't acting like that whatsoever, and he had been on the phone with with the kidnapper because saying that he wants I think it was two million dollars one he was held in for ransom, and uh, and Voight was like you know you got to be if you want your daughter you got to be honest with him yeah 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 so lo and behold he goes behind Voight's back, um after Voight and his team put the pieces together to see where the kidnapper is hiding his daughter puts the pieces together he goes to the he goes to the site. 
and he he doesn't find the daughter. He doesn't find the kidnapper, but he find you know he finds two guys dead. Well, it turns out that the father had hired his own security piece against inte intelligence's knowledge and against their permission. And he goes and he goes ahead and he uh, and he hires them, and they get knocked off. Voight's a little annoyed, like, hey, I told you we got this, we got it. You can't sit up here and risk the opportunity of, you know, of, of, of jeopardizing your daughter's life or whatever. So, turns out that, um, they get, they get the, uh, they get later in the episode, they get the bad guy on hold. The bad guy is sitting, and I guess it's his apartment or whatever, has the girl's t duct tape over her mouth, gun to her head. And Void is uh, negotiating with, you know, with the bad guy, you know, make sure nothing bad happens, put her down, she ain't a part of this. And the guy sits up here and says that something happens to his son involving the father, which is why he has his daughter hostage. And, you know, and he's like, oh, and he's like, well, something ha happened to my, you know, something happened to my son. And then, and then the father, you know, he's like panning his, you know, his voice. He's like, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't touch, but I didn't do anything. He's, he's lying, he's lying. So then Voight, you know, if you watch Chicago B PD and you know Hank Voight, he does not put up with any crap. So he, so he grabs the father by, you know, grabs the father by his chest, you know, you know grabs his shirt. And then he throws him up against the car. He's like, really? Because you've been lying to me this whole, lying to me this whole time. So long story short, the father's the father uh was basically having a uh homosexual affair with the bad guy's son and because he didn't want to be open about who he really was in his lifestyle because this guy was like a million dollar preacher guy one of the you know one of those uh, pimp frauds that go around talking Jesus yet they're just as crooked and just as twisted as a member of the mafia and Lombo, you know, so he doesn't want to be open about it and honestly be true and honest with what he is and who he is. So he decides to basically learn, you know, basically kill the guy's son and bury him, you know, bury him back in, back in, back in the woods where, you know, where is a million dollar mansions at. So he gets, so the, so the father gets arrested. The girl doesn't get killed. And the bad guy, he he passed out or he died, one of the two. But no harm came to the came to the uh, came to the daughter. Excellent episode. Suggest you go on the M download the NBC app and watch it for yourself. Played the way, which something I brought out the closet um, about last Saturday. Been in the you know playing Wii Sports with my brother and sister. Forgot how much fun that was. Uh, all the games in that bowling, baseball, the whole nine yards. PlayStation 2 play plenty of that as well. MLB 07, MLB 11, the shelf, uh, blast, blast from the past with those two games. Play basketball in the driveway. Beat my brother one on one. Uh, by the way, on Monday, um, had a nice game winning jumper to uh to uh, win the ball game with that one. Walk on Tuesday. Other than that, this pretty you know it's pretty much been in you know nothing again no sports once again you know nothing to I'm sick and tired of hearing the news with the coronavirus you know it's just I no schoolwork I have to do because I'm quote unquote on spring break so it's just you know been trying to come up with ways to keep myself occupied as we head into uh, what's coming up to on a, if not already a full month of us being in this. Uh, shut in with this uh, coronavirus spreading around in this worldwide pandemic. 
And then, you know, on Monday I called into, uh, you know, you, you guys that listen to me and know me know I'm a huge, huge, huge fan and listener of uh, Christopher Mad Dog Russo on Sirius XM, Mad Dog Sports Radio. He's on every weekday afternoons, 3 to 6. Um, so I called into his show on Monday uh, and, you know, called, ch- chopped it up with Russo on Monday and then uh, called into the rap. With uh, Patrick Maher as Madlock's called Patrick Mawa with Patrick Maher on Friday night, and uh, chopped it up with him, gave him who my f- top five quarterbacks of all time are, with Brady being one, Montana being two, Nice being three, Bradshaw being four, and Marino being five. Uh, chopped it up with him and talked about um, <clears throat> and broke down the scenario where I had uh. I don't know how, because I was up till th- about a quarter to four uh, Thursday night watching episodes of Chicago PD on season five, because I'm like, I just started watching, I think back in season six, but back in season five, um, I, you know, need to get catch up with Alan and his situation, him going to jail and him eventually getting stabbed in prison. So I had catch caught it, got myself caught up watching season five of Chicago PD up till about a quarter to four in the morning. And all you know, I go to bed, and I'm you know, I had this dream that I'm on a uh, you know, I'm seventeen, seventeen going eighteen years old. So if I can, I can say this without you know, fear of anything happening. But you know, I end up having a dream that I'm on a date with Olivia or Liv Cowherd, which if you don't know who that is, that is uh, FS1 Fox Sports Radio pundit Colin Cowherd's. A college daughter who is one gorgeous, beautiful, magnificent looking woman. I mean, let, let, let's be fair. Let's be, let's be fair. Let's be fair. And, you know, I got, I got on the rap. I told, I told Patrick, the, you know, the dream that I had, because I wasn't thinking about it, or I was watching it whatsoever, and then all of a sudden, I wake up, and I was like, why don't I have to, anyway, I, you know, I I knew, I found out who she was about, uh, about a couple months ago, and then I, you know, follow her on Twitter, but that's, you know, that's about it, you know, and I find her attractive, and if I ever were to, and this is what I told Pat, well, I didn't tell Patrick this, but if I ever, like, you know, came to meet her, I, you know, of course, I'd ask her out. And I told Patrick, I said, whether you or someone that works on your staff and knows Colin or whatever, tell her that, you know, yours truly would like uh, to uh, to uh, meet uh, Miss Cowherd and, uh, you know, take her out. To, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Just take, take her out for a bite to eat and, you know, get to know her a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> and then you know, that's basically it. And next thing you know, my... My uh, things, my th- things blowing up, blowing off, you know, cause, blowing off because apparently one of my football teammates, and I'll mention him by name because one, you know, what the heck, James Hansen somehow, some way was why I have no idea, but was listening to uh, Mad Dog Sports Radio on a Friday night with no sports going on, and he heard me, he heard the show, and he heard my call. And my phone's blowing up, saying, you know, phone's blowing up, talking, you know, hype, you know how, you know, guys are, you know, hyping it up, you know, 
Like, like you know, you know, I'm not gonna go into the details because it's a little, you know, it's a little edgy. You know, we gotta, you know, gotta keep it, you know, within the guidelines, you know, of the of the, you know, of the podcast, and it's, you know, gotta be clean. But you know, but let's just say that uh, that a lot of guy talk happened with uh, me and my uh, football buddies, and I'll leave it at that. Take a break. Mike in Orange County, coming up right after this. Welcome back to the Metallica T.I. Years podcast with your host, Josh Shields. He's back again after making his first appearance in the month of February, breaking down uh, Kobe Bryant's legacy in Super Bowl 54. It's our pal, friend of uh, this program, and frequent caller and listener of Mad Dog Sports Radio, Mike in Orange County. Mike, good to have you back. How are you today? All right. Jai, great. Just want to say happy Easter to you. Happy Easter to all your listeners, your faithful, your family, everybody around this country. It means so much today, doesn't it, this Easter holiday? It you does. Know? Yeah, being shut in like this. Yeah, it, it gives it gives Easter like a whole new meaning. Really, it really sure does. does. It does. Happy back on is, I mean, I can't yeah. believe it. As our friend Chris Russo would say, that's a little right. strong. You know, I mean, <laughs> but listen, I, I know you need to fill the time. Yeah, so it's all good. I, I, I need all the help I can get because <laughs> I, I can't I can't break. I can't keep breaking down uh, episodes of Chicago PD that that as Russo, <laughs> Chicago PD. Right, yeah, as Russo would say, that's not championship radio. I mean, I love the program, but not to, I, not too many people would be Sopranos. I probably get some uh, get some more. Um, I I'd catch him air with that, but not not Chicago PD. Not not that I would think, but anyway, it's not here nor there. Yeah. Um, Mike. First off, let me. Uh, I've done this. I did this with Brendan. I did this with uh-huh. Jake last week. I'll ask you the same thing. Give me your thoughts and your opinion on the whole coronavirus pandemic. And if you want to, you don't have to. But if you want to go in depth of how it's affected you uh, mm-hmm. personal personally. Well, listen. You know, Joe, it's been unbelievable. I mean, like, I'm I'm 58 years old. And I'm obviously a lot older than you, a lot older than a lot of Brendan and all these other guys. And I have around a while. But, right. it, you know, it's interesting, Joe, I talked to my aunt today, 99 years old, this beautiful woman. 99 wow. lives in the Val- L.A., in, in the San Francisco Valley, Los Angeles, sharp as a tack. And we're talking about it like she says, I've never seen anything like this. Believe it or not, her parents are around for the Spanish flu. Chris's wow. famous Spanish flu, right? So, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, it's just uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's unbelievable because economically, medically, everything, it's just been just, it happened so quickly to us here. You know, women are out bouncing did. around doing whatever. Next thing you know, we're quarantined. I can only go to the market. I can only, you know, I, I got to wear the mask now out here in California. I go to the CVS, you know, right, people yeah. like have the walls up and it's just, it's been, uh, it's been an adjustment, no doubt. But you know what? We're all healthy in my family. I'm working from home. My wife's from home. Work from home. My kids are doing college from home. So it's been an adjustment. It could be a lot worse, right? Some of these mm. states like New York, you know, are just getting pummeled and, you know, the rates. Um, yeah, New York it, has it, it, worse. It's awful. You know, yeah. it's really bad. We just got a, you know, Dr. Fauci and some of these great 
other great medical people lead us out of this and hopefully uh you know the next few months we'll see something happening here but it's it's been it's been rough very tough it has it yeah it has been easy um but what do you do what do you do for a living like so i work i work in insurance right insurance yeah so i do like insurance claims things like that so i could you know it's like i work from i could do this from home i get on the computer and i got my two computer screens and uh you know, as, as I'm doing that, I'm also listening to, uh, you know, Adam Shine, Chris Russo, uh, you know, Patrick. I mean, so it's. Uh... We'll, we'll, we'll get into Patrick later <laughs> on, believe me. I will not leave that oh, stone unturned. That was absolutely yeah. amazing the other night. Yeah. Absolutely um, amazing. Yeah. It's just that with this corona, I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's just. Hey, well, of course, with me, I've never seen or experienced anything like this, but it's just, it's like it's taken, there, now there's been many, you know, my father, yeah. to his credit, you know, he's pointing out that there's many blessings, you know, that's come, that's come from us being trapped like this, right. you know, spent, spending, because with my, because with my household, um, every, there's not a single person in my house that isn't in high school. Okay. My younger, mm-hmm. my sister's in high school, my brother's in high school. I'm a senior on my way out. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. The, so like the five, so like the, we like to call ourselves the Shields five, the Shields five mm-hmm. is, you know, we're about the, it's going to become like the Shields four and the Shields <laughs> three and then the Shields two yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. And, and my and and my father told me how much he wants to take advantage of the opportunity and the time that we have together because because especially if this virus goes a lot longer than you know goes 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 well into the fall or god forbid mm-hmm. into the into the winter or into 2021 by the time whenever this thing ends it'll be time for me to go my separate ways. My brother will be soon after. So, and life will become, start becoming busy again mm-hmm. and people, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I've kind of, I've, I've enjoyed it being around my brother, brothers and sisters every day. I mean, you know, I mean, I always tell them this, they're my first, they're my first friend before I met, mm-hmm. you know, came in contact with you or, or dog or Brendan <laughs> or Jake or any, any of my, you know, any of my uh, friends or, or buddies or acquaintances that I've come in contact through with throughout my whole yeah. life. I, I had, I had them too. So, you know, and I'm grateful and I'm appreciative that it's, that I've kind of, you know, made sure that I've spent a lot more time than I would be if it's, you know, with everything being uh, regular and equal, of me being home and spending time with them. But the other part of me just can't wait well, to sure. get back to school. And I feel bad for you, Rajai, because, you know, it's your senior year. Yeah. We all know that. And your friends. And you guys, you know, this is not right. You should be there at school, whether it's, you know, the prom coming up at the graduation ceremonies, grad night, all these things, right. all your friends playing spring sports. I don't know if you watch, like, Scott Van Pelt on ESPN. You know, he yeah, has a senior that, yeah. night. It's it makes me sad. Night, yeah. yeah, it makes me sad. I see these great kids, high school kids, college kids, and that's something they can't go back. Yeah. My son's graduating college this year. You know, probably not going to be able to walk into graduation. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, so it's affecting everybody. You know, everybody's yeah. life's been turned upside down, and yet being together, like you say, and you know, uh, my family trapped with me twenty four seven. Listen, they deserve a medal. Are you kidding? How much? How much? How much? How, I mean, can I talk about Urban Magic Johnson twenty four seven with them and Kareem and uh, Bobby oh, Gritch? Dropping, 
drive drive them crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's, let's, let's be you fair. Know. So we got to But see. I mean, it's 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 just you know, I, I want to get back to school. It's right. not so much because this is what I and I said this too. I said I would rather deal with the grind of laying up at five in the morning yeah. and going throughout the regular, you know, to go to to go to school and do my schoolwork in school rather than having to deal with the temptation and the struggle of being home, waking up at at a decent time, much later than five o'clock in the east, and then having to literally roll out of bed, take a couple steps, mm-hmm. and and then I'm sitting there at my desk doing my schoolwork. Then I got to worry about. Well, is the is the is their little server that they have where they give us all of our work? Is that going to crash? Mm-hmm. Because literally the entire school and teachers, you know, everyone affiliated with Archbishop Curly I is on that database. You got to worry worry whether or not it'll crash. If it does, how long will it stay crash? When will it be back up? Like, but, correct. You know, I I want I want to get back there. I want to converse and and. Uh, and hang out and joke around and, and laugh and have fun with, with my with my friends, my classmates, many of whom who I won't see until the reunion, if ever again, if God forbid, you know, yeah. one one of them pass away or or some of them may, you know, come up get get a job in uh in uh, the uh, Saudi Arabia or, you know, in Anguilla where dog was at vaca- <laughs> vacationing or New Zealand or Australia. Correct. You're right. You never, you never know. Right. And, and my father makes this point too. Like once time is gone, it's gone. And, and I, and it's so weird that I had that mindset of taking advantage of every little second of every little opportunity I had to have fun before the virus shut everything down. It was so, it was, I'm telling you, it was so surreal mm. and it was so crazy that I'm sitting back looking. I was like, I'm just going to laugh and just going to have as much fun as I can because God knows graduation will be here soon enough. Well, Knowing what well with the virus, we lose about a month, month and a half, two months, possibly the re- the entire rest of the school year. So, and I mean, Mike, I mean, me and Brendan joked about me and Brendan joked about this all the time. Digital graduation, you know, press a button and woohoo, you graduate, and they send you your diploma <laughs> right. in the mail. But it, it's 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 just it's just been crazy. Absolutely, really, crazy. absolutely, you know, and it's it's like you say. You know, just being home and not being able to do those things. You know, I'm set up in the dining room for goodness sakes. You know, I mean, kind of my computers right. are close to the fridge. It probably isn't really good. You know, and, uh, lounging in there mm-hmm. on some of the day and uh, watching the news each day. And I listen, we have an incredible governor here in California, Gavin Newsom. He's done an incredible job mm-hmm. leading our state, Jai. This guy is a leader. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely impressed. He jumped on our quarantine quickly, probably saved thousands of lives. Shut it down. You guys are staying home. Yeah. And look at the New York governor's done a nice job. I mean, all these people are trying to do their best. It's just unbelievable, yeah. unprecedented, and hopefully we'll never see this ever again. And we're just yeah. hope, hope and pray. So. I don't know what to say. It's yeah. rough. Yep. And, and the New York governor has been in a trick because it's not like that he's done like a bad job. It's just that, well, if you are a state that is A, on the East Coast border, so, you know, it's open to travel from mm-hmm. the European nations and everything, mm-hmm. like everything of that nature. But when your state holds the one of the largest cities in America of people of all different backgrounds, of all different ethnicities, whether they live, whether they live in New York 
or whether they live and work in New York or they just work in New York and they live in New Jersey or in Connecticut in dogs uh, cases mm-hmm. in there. I mean, it's just so many people going in and out, in and out, in and out, combusting through that city. And because it's such a large city with Manhattan, Correct. the Bronx, uh, Queens. Um, oh, yeah. It's an international melting pot. I mean, it's, it's New York. It's, it's right. Yeah. Like San Francisco so you go, you go, had the same thing, right. too. San Francisco, a lot of different people in San Francisco. And they got hit hard right off the bat. Well, get, give give props to the mayor for for basically not wasting any time and shutting everything down. I mean, she, and that I don't know I don't know who the San Francisco mayor is by name, but give but give the yes. mayor of San Francisco a lot of credit for shutting everything down at proper time, saving thousands of lives. And also give credit give credit to give credit to the Maryland governor here, mm-hmm. Larry Hogan, who Larry. you know. Yeah. He he's a I tell you he is a he's one hell of a guy, one hell of a guy I mean and this is a guy I don't know if you know but he battled I believe he had leukemia for wow, about a few years that. ago and he came and he came back and he beat it but I mean what a what a job I mean he wasted no time shutting down the schools you're not going to school you're not going to church you know you're not you're not going to the park and running around he I mean it was about a about a week or two of that and he shut that down. You know, you're not going to the gym. The only thing you're doing is going to the store, uh, you know, go to the store, go to the pharmacy or gas stations or, or you know, drive by your local Popeyes and pick up a chicken <laughs> sandwich. That's it. You're not going to the gym. You're not going to church. You're not going to school. You ain't going to the park. You ain't doing none of that. Stay in high parts home. That's exactly and, what so you, you got to be home. Nah, and I give him credit for that. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That. The mayor in L.A., Eric Garcetti, right, his dad Gil Garcetti, very interesting. He's the guy that was on the OJ prosecution team back in the day. He led the L.A. District Attorney, so that's kind of a little interesting tidbit about L.A. sports OJ history there. So it's just kind of an interesting scenario. He's done a nice job, too, as the mayor of Los Angeles, you know, hopping on the situation. But it's it's just, uh, you know, we're all trying to make the best of this. You know, wake up each day, we wake up hopefully, and hopefully we see better numbers eventually. But the numbers are still, you know, you see 20,000 new cases a day. I mean, come on, yep. you know, it's just unbelievable. But thank goodness yep. we have some sports. Yeah. No, we don't have sports. What am I talking yeah. about? We're watching. Well, yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we got NFL free agency. And, and of course, be on ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. We right. Got that. So you said earlier that um, you're, you said you're 58 years yes, old. Sir. And last week, I brought up the 52nd anniversary of Dr. King's assassination. So you are what? Not eat. So yeah. your birth, you I've shared the same 61. birthday as me. Right. Right. You shared the same birthday we, as me. And he got assassinated. Yeah. It's and crazy. John F. Kennedy, by the and, way, too. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. Look it up. John, J, JFK and Carmel Lance. Bob Hope. And yeah, him too. <laughs> and, Incredible. uh, and Dr. King got yeah. shot in early April. So you were what five going on? No, six that was that was I'm not uh, mistaken. That was sixty-eight, right? Yeah, sixty-eight, which is yeah, a tumultuous year. I mean, that's one of the most amazing years, really, because you had that. Then you had Bobby Kennedy a few months later getting killed yeah. in Los Angeles during the primary. So I was really young. I was seven, of course. You know, we studied up, but you know, Dr. King just just amazing. I mean, uh, w- one of the most important Americans ever. There's just no question, I, right? I think maybe yeah, the most. I think, yeah, I think in my honest opinion, he's 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 the greatest American of the of the 20th century. I don't beg to differ. And and and, and my honest opinion. And it's a shame that 
each state needs to honor Dr. King and nobody be working on that day. But each company handles that differently, which to me is a shame. It should be like Christmas. Nobody work. Nobody go to school. You know, in my honest opinion. But, you know, each, each state's making that decision. But Dr. King, just absolutely amazing. So I was a little young when it happened. Of course, you know, as I get older, seeing the footage and where he was on the balcony, it's just, just, so, just so tragic. But what an amazing man he was. Yeah. Um, so do you remember, where were you when you found out at that young of an age, where were you when you found out that, uh, that he had gotten well, see, shot that, in jail? You know, I was, okay, I was seven. You know, that's young. You know, I mean, yeah. it's funny. My, jeez, uh, uh, so I would have been, what, first? I was living in Los Angeles. We didn't move out to Orange County until 1969. So I was living, 67, going to elementary school. Um, boy, it's a lot, you know, John, I can't get particulars. I don't, it's funny that, that one and Bobby Kennedy, it's kind of just fuzzy, but I remember what, if I could switch, or, I mean, cause or, by the way, Bobby Kennedy would have been an amazing president. You know, he didn't win. I mean, obviously got killed, but you know, I remember my parent, my mom threw away all the little toy guns in the house, maybe praise of Dr. King too, after Dr. King and after Bobby Kennedy was shot back then, right. people were so freaked out. And that was it. The little fun toy cap guns out of the house. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. It's amazing how just kind of that event spurns that kind of behavior culturally. Well, that well, that was. I mean, not to like make a pun or anything, but Bobby Kennedy probably being shot was was literally the third and final straw. Because remember, mm-hmm. uh, because when you were a, a baby on JFK, Two years old, Bobby's brother got got assassinated back in November '63. Absolutely, and. And then uh, seven, no, is it seven? Uh, six years later, and then you had Jay, you had Dr. Mm-hmm. King and Bobby Kennedy in a short five, time. Yeah, so, five, right? So that, right, right, so it was three big assassinations within the same decade. So your mother was like, "All right, enough of this. <laughs> yeah. all, all the guns out. <laughs> They're going in the trash out. Can They're now. going out. All, all of them out. And, Don't care. Out of enough." And speaking out. of that, real quick about JFK, my parents always told me back then the single saddest event they've ever been through when, when president Kennedy was killed, it was unbelievable sadness and shock in this country. I mean, you see the footage of Walter Cronkite coming on in the afternoon yeah. and it just, CBS people news, were yeah. still stunned. It's the saddest thing ever. They said, you know, aside from maybe a Pearl Harbor nine, 11, you know, it's one of those seminal events of this sadness in this mm-hmm. country, you know, and uh, just you know, people love JFK. So, you know, yep. Definitely. But Dr. King, yeah. unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know. Yep. And you yep. should be pre- yeah, uh, number one. I agree. Yeah. Uh, number one, greatest American figure of the 20th century, and no one can convince me otherwise. Speaking of him, real quick, um, did, yeah, did you know ahead. George um, George Raveling? You may know the story. He used to coach at USC basketball in Washington State. George Raveling used to work for Dr. King. He has the copy of the I Have a Dream speech. Does Dr. Really? King left it on the podium. George grabbed it and had it all these years. And I don't know exactly. I think George might have passed. I don't know what happened to it, but George had the speech. Here it is, the college basketball, George Raveling. Nice man. Had a copy of the speech. He was very young at the time. Isn't that amazing? He just grabbed it. He left it on yeah. the podium. I have the. It's crazy. It's just unbelievable. But just remarkable. Wow. wow. Tweet, tweet that out so every, everyone could tweet, tweet yeah. that out. I'll put that out there. Out. I'll get some more info on yep. it. You got it. Good deal. 
Good deal. So uh, let's let's get goofy for a second here. <laughs> My forte. Yeah. Uh, our calls on the rap on Friday. Okay. My mine mine was was to get a little normal thing. Yours, <laughs> on the other hand, I mean, it's like, and I knew who to. And here's the thing: I call in, right? Yeah. So I call in. I get screened. And next thing I know, I hear I hear Patrick and his producers talking about talking about a guy, and I knew it was you, but they never but they never mentioned you by name. So I said, "Oh, Mike Mike Orange County is, is next on the line," and pa- and I heard Patrick debating whether he's going to take your call or he's not going to take your call because if he doesn't take your call, he'll go through the Easter weekend feeling guilty that he doesn't take your call. It's oh like he's a bad God. person. So he says, oh, what the heck? And he pops you up. And then, you know, you yeah. get to talking about how you you did, how you called in the dog. You, <laughs> you wait. You wait till later on in the show to call in the dog and how you, you, know, you right. call every show. You went, went through that whole ordeal. And then, and then, you know, Patrick says along, he said, Dr. King and who did he, who else? He said, Dr. King and. I think he said FDR. I think he said FDR yeah. and Dr. King. Oh, yeah. Other than those two, he said your <laughs> wife would be the number one person that he would want to have a cocktail with. Correct. And lo and, and, lo and behold, <laughs> lo and behold, guys, I'm not, I'm not making this He's up. He's not. Lo, lo and behold, he's sitting there talking on the phone. And and his wife comes out of nowhere, and he's like, yeah. well, who, "Who is he talking to on the phone?" So then, so oh, then, I God. guess your wife gets in like the vicinity of where you like see her give her the phone or whatever. And Patrick is like, "Put your wife on the phone," and he, and Mike, you, you put your wife on the phone, yeah. and then he's like, "What's?" And then Patrick just starts going through this whole interview of like, "What's it like living with you know living <laughs> with Mike in Orange County?" And I was like, "What?" I was like, "This is ridiculous." Only, only in America. I swear. When, when you when you think you've heard and seen it all, you haven't. Only on Mad and, Dog and Sports I, Radio. Only, only on Mad Dog. <laughs> you know, at like nine o'clock in the East, you you hear Mike in Orange County and, and his wife getting into conversation with Patrick Mawa. I mean, you it know, was, it was unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you on all this. I mean, it, it, well. Just for that call, she literally did. Come. I was outside in the backyard. I figured, ah, I'll just go outside, take a little walk. Get, you know, I'm quarantined in the house, for goodness sakes. So let me go outside. Right. Pat, you know, and, you know, like, when you call these talk shows, you don't know when they're going to come to you exactly. Unless right, you call yeah. Shine Show, they kind of give you a heads up. Like, hey, Adam's company, or and they always check back. Uh, Bob Stewart's producer oh, yeah. that quite a bit. But, yeah, but, yeah so I'm not, like, I think I'll get, you know, I figured, you know, I'm going to get picked up. So next thing you know, he's picking me up. I'm on the phone. I got my headphones on, my earpieces on, and I'm talking, we're having fun, whatever. Then my wife comes down. She goes, you know, she goes, who not? She goes, wow, you're loud. I go, yeah. It's, she goes, I didn't know if it was you or a neighbor outside. Because you know, she's upstairs working, the window's open, and she heard this guy just rambling. And she didn't, right. and I didn't tell her I was on the phone. You know, half the time I'm on hold anyhow. But she comes down, and she goes, what's going <laughs> right. on? And next thing Patrick goes, put her on the phone, and they're having a, you know, they're kibitzing, having a funny conversation. Patrick's just absolutely Ugh. fascinated 
by the fact that I'm married to such a normal, lovely lady. And I'm kind of fascinated myself. Yeah. yeah it is kind of amazing. Yeah. And I think most of the mad audience is. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> I, I come on the phone. He's like, can you believe it? She's normal. Yeah. She's so, yeah normal. Opposite, I was like, yeah, opposite to track, Patrick. I mean, 26 like years almost. Theory. It's a lot with of shtick. The, uh... It's a lot of shtick with Patrick. He, yeah. He's, a, he's yeah. funny. Dustin's funny. We kind of developed yeah. this rapport over the last year and a half. And I'm almost kind of like, you you know, the fun kid, the fun guy to come on, have a good time. And, uh, you know, he likes to play it up. People like me. They don't like me. I don't know what it is. I just I just kind of go out there on these calls and have fun and talk about the Angels in 78 and 79 or whatever in the Lakers in the 80s. You're, you're friendly. You're friendly, Mike in Orange County, breaking down old Laker and old Angels. I think it really knows the hell out of people. <laughs> yeah, it does. Re- re- really does. Um, yeah. And then, so then I, so then I pick up the phone, or he picks. You know, he puts me on, yeah. and um, and he asks me like, "He's doing?" I was like, "Yeah, opposite tracks, Patrick." And um, so he asked, so he asked me, you know, what's crack like and whatever, and I'm like, "Everything's good, Patrick." And he was like. So I cleared up the situation with with the Twitter scenario yeah. and how with with the security key and all that nonsense. So I got that. <laughs> uh, so I got that right, straightened out. Right. And then I go ahead and I tell Patrick, uh, and I'm like, Patrick, okay, this is so now with hit like I told with Patrick. Um, with his show, I mean, I you know me, I Mad Dog Russo is one of my is the guy. The, is the guy. He's my guy. The guy. Right. The best to ever talk sports into a microphone in a padded room, but <laughs> with his show, it's a little different. He's you know he's sixty years old. You know he he care he cares about the sports. That's just, you know the sports and the movies. This is all in the history. That's all he cares about. Patrick, he's on he's on late. You know he's on at night. You know right. eight, For eight you guys nine o'clock, eight. ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. On a on Friday, mm-hmm. you know, nothing to talk about, no sports, you know, let your head down and stuff like, you know, pervert, you know, figuratively speaking, and so, you know, you can kind of open up with Patrick. And plus, Patrick, you know, he's he's at a he's at a younger age than Dog, but so, you know, so I go ahead and I tell Patrick, I said, well, I ain't got nothing to hide. What the heck? So I go ahead and I tell Patrick about how I had the dream. With uh, and I don't know how, and I swear on my life, uh, Mike, I I can I cannot tell you for the life of me how and why I had this dream because I was literally up till a quarter to four in the morning watching episodes of Chicago PD from season five. <laughs> this was what I was doing, and I go to bed and I wake up the next morning. What type of dream? So and I, you know, I had to give him the situation like yeah. I told the audience in the, in the opening monologue yeah. about uh, about me wanting a date with a uh, Liv Cowherd, and I do want that to happen. Anyone out there that's you never know who's listening. Anyone who's out there listening that knows her can contact me. Jai Shields in Baltimore. Me and her when this whole quarantine thing, you know, goes away. Me and her. Is she, is she a high school girl a, too, or is she is she older? She she's uh, she's college. Oh, college there you go. Mike. All right. College girl. 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 Right, you pick a place. I'll pay for it. you. Know, want, want to get? I want to uh, get get yeah. to know. You know, she's she's a, she's a nice uh, looking lady. I can't. You know, 
Um, uh, I'm ready to get my uh, Mac on if you know what I'm saying. But you know, <laughs> listen, you, just, you uh, and Patrick uh, are there. You you calling, uh, you know, and in your audience, I'm sure a lot of them listen to Mad Dog. Those that know, but Patrick's kind of like that guy in the. He's almost like that guy in the bar at the piano. His tux, it's kind of the ties open. It's very loose. It's like everybody's having a drink. It's yeah. almost, it's just fun. It's loose. And he even said, you know, it's a looser show. He pretty much created what loose. I do, the Mike in the Orange County thing. He let me go yeah. and talk about everything here and there. The guy had me up in the studio yeah. for 45 minutes, for good, for goodness sakes. He did. For whatever did. reason. I guess he lost his, you know, it was his last show in L.A. He had me up. So I'll always be grateful to him. But he is a funny guy, a bright guy. I always tell him he's going to be going out. He's going to have like an HBO show or something someday. Or he's going to be going on to something else. Who knows? Sports, non-sports. He's very talented. Very talented. Yeah, very, very talented. We we love we love Patrick Maher. He, you guys together. Out. It was fantastic. He's, he's, he's one, one of the best. One of the best. One of the best. And, and with his show, you know, it's, it's at a different portion of the day. Even if there was sports going on, it's kind of – it, it has like that bar feel, you yeah. know. If there was sports going on, he'd be talking about the bets, you know, you know, betting because oh, yeah, yeah. he works he at, the, at, at the at yeah. the visa, you know. So you could, so if there was sports going on, you could talk sports, but at, at the same time, kind of let your guard down a certain part of the show, and, and kind of like, you know, it, it's it turns into morning men without bab tricks. There you if, go. If, That's if, a, if, him if, and if Justin that, if that are makes very sense. funny together. It's 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 the it's the morning men at night with no bad check. That that's that is that's what you get with right. Patrick Mawai. Morning men, right. morning men with no bad check, no Bethany, no kids, no nothing. <laughs> but um, just just Patrick and Dustin. But anyway, that's not their uh, getting off the beaten path. Um, so you and the main reason why I wanted to have you on, Mike, because you have a great history presence with the seventies and the eighties and the nineties LA sports, right? Pick your pick your avenue. You want to do you want to Listen. do basketball. Oh. You want to do basketball first. You want to do football first. You know, pick, I... pick anyone and, and go for it. All there. right. Listen, I'll tell you. You know, I, and I've been thinking about it a lot being home now, quarantine, seeing old, especially seeing old games. It really right. rings it up, especially like Russo. He'll watch it. He'll talk about it. And I'm watching like the other day the '78 Angels Yankees. Ron Guidry strike out 18, and I remember it. I watched it. You know, and I think about all these old sports, but, you know, L.A.'s had a very rich history, you know, in dynasties. And let me tell you, you know, with the Dodgers and the Lakers, but UCLA basketball, Jai, in the mid-60s, late-60s, 70s, was something we have never seen. We probably won't see again. Coach Wooden, who came to UCLA in 1948, right, from Indiana, so from 48 to 64, nothing really happened too much. They competed. They were good. They had to go up against Bill Russell and those great San Francisco teams. But come the middle 60s, when they got Walt Hazard, who, by the way, went to the same high school as Wilt Chamberlain in Philly, they got guys coming right. west and Gail Goodridge. They won the title in 64 and 65. And you know in 67, Lou Alcindor, now Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, came west from Power Memorial High. And that started it all. And let me tell you, Jai, I mean, it was unbelievable. The 10 titles, 12 years, you know, Lou Elsendor, you know, Kareem now. It's unbelievable. Play of the year three years in a row, three championships in a row. Uh, just unbelievable stats for him. And then Walton came along. Bill Walton came along in 72. They went 30-0 in 72, 30-0 in 73, Jai. I mean, that's unbelievable. Hmm. And Bill Walton was 21-22 in the championship game against Memphis State in 73. 
Coach Wooden says he's never seen a more perfect player than Bill Walton. Bill was an incredible player before the injuries kind of did him in the pros. He, he almost fantastic, fantastic player. So the Bruins getting no. those two greats, to me, number one and two in college basketball history, I think. Kareem and Bill. I mean, they're up there in the top, you know. Kareem's number one. Bill, he could argue, Patrick Ewing and Bill Walton and, you know, there's some other guys in there. Hakeem Olajuwon, dog, but uh, Yeah, dog. Dog puts Walton up there, up like right up there. If you know, if I didn't hear it wrong, which I don't think I did, Dog puts Bill Walton up there, right with Kareem. He, with he, he was that good. Three, yeah, three consecutive National Cups Player of the Year in 72, 73, 74. and then with the and then with the back to back championships oh. in seventy two and seventy three and seventy four triple over double double overtime loss or it's a double or triple to North Carolina State with David Thompson. So and that's when Bill regrets, you know, because that kind of broke the streak. Because they would have had nine in a row, but they lost that one. And then, then they won in 75, Coach Winnens last year with Marcus Johnson, Richard Washington. But um, the 10 titles in 12 years and just, uh, you know, 30, you know, it's crazy. The 10 titles, uh, 18, 18 final fours, 32 sweet 16s. And let me tell you, Josh, I kept watching that, and Dick Emberg was announcing games. Dick Emberg did Angels, Rams, UCLA went on to do the Olympics for NBC. It was an unbelievable mm-hmm. time to be an L.A. sports fan growing up. A kid, I used to watch these games on, you know, they, they have them on tape delay. Usually 11 o'clock, I'd mm-hmm. watch the replay. But it's, uh, my dad was a Bruin. He went to UCLA in the 40s after Jackie Robinson, mm-hmm. after Jackie left. And talking about another right. great American. Oh, my God, Jackie Robinson. Yeah. And so I've always been a UCLA guy. And uh, I just had to go to school a little further north of Santa Barbara. But I've always loved the Bruins. But mm-hmm. that was an incredible dynasty in L.A. That's one of them. And, of course, the Magic Lakers, to me, and I told you this, Jai, before, the 1980s, the best for me ever. Magic's my number one athlete, hands down. The 80s Lakers, I'm telling you, Jai, every game, home and away. Now, back then, you couldn't see the home game. There was no cable. You listened to home right. games on the radio with Chick Hearn, who really was the best play-by-play announcer, Jai. This guy was unbelievable. I never seen a guy talk so fast. Chick was great. <laughs> Magic, his first game, they played the Clippers. Cream hits a skyhook to win it. And from there, they were off and running. Title in 80, and 82, 85, 87, right, 88. And it was just an unbelievable 10-year stretch there with Magic and Kareem and Worthy. The whole city was capped. Everybody out here at Salty talked about Lakers. I mean, during that time frame, you watched every game. Yep. It's just um, It was just something else. In the playoffs against the Celtics, it's just one of those errors that, to me, I mean, just won't be duplicated. Oh, yep. And how... Um, this shows how much of an innovator Jerry Buss was. There, uh, let me tell you something. There is no Jerry Jones if it's not for Jerry Buss. You know, I mean, Jerry Buss made it sure. He was like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to build a solid – what we're going to do, we're going to build a solid team on the court. We're going to get Magic Johnson. We're going to get uh, Kareem that still has plenty left in the yes. tank. And we're going to get worthy. We're going to build up a superstar squad on the floor. Okay, we're going to get Pat Riley out there. Who, honest to God, every single time I look at old footage of Pat Riley from the '80s and the '90s, Mike, he had to be the smoothest <laughs> white man to ever wear Let a me suit. Tell you, he was. Oh my God! The women gracious. love Pat back in the day, and they still probably do. He's a handsome guy, right? Very slick. But that's what's that's what's incredible about Pat Jai. Everybody thought he was slick, and he was. He looked great, but he was tough. He's from New York. Very tough guy. They preach defense. He would. He, it was not slick in terms of, you know, it was showtime, but they played D, mm. and he worked them hard. 
very hard. And Pat, you know, the whole Pat story real quick is interesting too. This is another part of Lakers history, which is amazing. I think they came out with a Showtime or HBO series on that years too. And there's a book written about him, but Pat wasn't even going to get into coaching. Right. So the Lakers first year, 79, 80, right. So about 10 games mm-hmm. in the season, their coach, Jack McKinney, magic's first year fell off a bike. Okay. He was going mm. to play tennis and he had a, he had a brain injury. He had a head injury. He had to retire. So they made Paul Westhead, the head coach, right. Who was the assistant. And they needed an assistant coach. Chick Hearn, the announcer, had a talk. They asked Pat Riley, do you want to do the job? He said, nah, I don't know. They literally talked Pat into taking the job as an assistant coach, right? Pat had no interest in coaching. He was a Lakers commentator, okay? He was the, he was the, he was the uh, you know, he was a color guy on TV with Chick Hearn. He took the job. Oh, yeah. Next thing you know, they win the title that year in 80. Okay, 81, they lost to the Rockets in a best of three back then. They played best of three. Lost to Ralph Sanders. Who was it? No, it was a Ralph Sanders before him. Whoever, had the, whoever the Rockets had back in the day. Oh, they lost to Moses Malone. Moses was on the Rockets. And then the next year they came out, they started slow in, in the 82 season, and they fired, they fired Westhead and promoted Riley right to the head coaching job, and that was it. He was off and running after that. He won those titles. And then, of course, went to the next. So it's interesting how that all worked. Yeah. It was really circumstance. Crazy. It's, it's actually mean, crazy. Absolutely it's one of the crazy. most amazing stories. But what, what you know, Jerry Buss, Dr. Buss, the nicest guy, the greatest owner, just unbelievable, so close to magic, and just created this entertainment, just, just behemoth. Mecca. Mecca the, is he the used, word. You're right. He he used he used the game of basketball yeah. and he used the location that he was in in Los Angeles and literally created the big perfect um it was a sports team. entertainment empire that became the L.A. Lakers and Jerry and when Jerry Jones bought the team towards the end of the '80s he basically you know the Cowboys were still kind of big because they had star yeah not star they had star Bach and they had uh, Landry sitting there. But Jerry Jones kind of did the same thing. We're going to get a coach that, like Pat Riley, you know, is is a is a nice is a nice looking, handsome, middle aged white man. It's got you know that you never see their hair out of place. <laughs> we're, you know, we're going, well, we're going to have dynamic superstars yeah. Michael Irvin yeah. and Magic Johnson. Yeah. You know, and then and Emmett Smith, right, and Troy and Troy Aikman, and then you know, a long way we'll get Prime. You know, so as as now that you're talking about, I see a lot of parallels in how Jerry Jones kind of built right. up that had his little vision of that early 90s Cowboys dynasty in comparison to how Dr. Buss wanted his Showtime Lakers in the 80s look with, with, Jack, with Jack Nicholson and Michael Jackson, any celebrity you can think of Everybody sitting, was sitting there. there in court yep. with, uh, with, with Mr. GQ, Pat Riley as the head coach, and then Mr. Million Dollar Smile Magic Johnson running the point. With uh, with with you know, with um, Worthy mm-hmm. and, and Kareem, of course. Michael I Thompson mean, was, came aboard, good. Clay's Clay's father, and they got him in a nice pickup. Bob McAdoo was there one time. Kurt Rambis and the glasses and the Superman persona. It was an incredible time, you know. And then you know, to play the Celtics and that in that ESPN miniseries they did, the Thirty for Thirty. On the, oh, that's oh, fantastic! It's as good as I've seen, and I know the Bulls one is probably going to be just incredible coming up. But the Lakers Celtics one, it was perfect. It was absolutely just what a trip down memory lane. And, you know, I just, it's just to me, it was the best era. And my friend of mine, a friend of mine, his name was Harry, right? Good friend of mine from high school, smart kid, 4.0 engineer. He loved his Lakers, loved his Angels, all the teams I loved. And Jai, sadly, he ended up moving back to New York, right? He, he worked on Wall Street. 
And and nine eleven, he was there, right? You know, he was there, yeah. made it home, everything's fine. But years later, he he passed away, probably from cancer, probably due to that. And I think about him. I, I see those Lakers and I think of him. You know, that's the guy I grew up with. That's my guy. You know, you have a certain guy you watch sports with. You know, you're you're guys mm-hmm. now. And man, yep. we we I just remember going to playoff games and uh, it was just it was just the best, you know, what an era. And the Lakers had listen, they have the Kobe era too, the Shaq era too. Which was fantastic. I watched Kobe pour in that and a game on today on NBA TV, and you know Kobe poured in his forty-two. And but to me, that '80s Lakers, nothing like it. Nothing like it. What yeah. really, really revolutionary as far as the NBA was concerned, and and they had a and they had a tough time in the '70s too. And the Lakers and the Celtics kind of bought the NBA out of that rut and basically helped make the NBA what Magic it is today, and Larry. What, with the yep. big superstar mm-hmm. names and it being a, a player driven league, like what dog said a few weeks ago, how, you know, he can get his kids to watch games of old, uh, sorry about that. He can get his kids mm-hmm. to watch, you know, those eighties mm-hmm. games mm-hmm. because, because the NBA like today, they, you know, they were still driven by personality. Like you said, his kids know who magic is. Oh, yeah. The kids know who Kareem bird, uh, Isaiah Thomas, Rodman, Lambeer, McHale, you know, they, you know, they know these guys because, you know, because the league, even yeah. back then, it, well, it was just starting to be, but it was very uh, personality. It was a personality and a player driven league with, you know, w- with the big superstars basically creating the big hubbub Absolutely. around the NBA. But, um, switch, right, switching gears. Now, you're a big Angels <laughs> fan. Give yeah. give me give me your thoughts um, because I saw the baseball seasons on MLB Network uh, about three weeks mm-hmm. ago three two three weeks ago on the nineteen seventy nine Angels that ended up yes, losing to my on they weren't mine at the time but my eventual my right. Baltimore Orioles in the well, ALCS. Listen, give me your thoughts the on, the, on those Angels teams back yeah, in that's the seventies. First year they won the AL West. And that was my senior year in high school, as a matter of fact. So I just remember that year, we went to a ton of games. Wow. Near the end, you know, like, well, you know, listen, you know, come April, May, you're pretty much ready to go. Like you are right now, you're ready to graduate. And we started going to a ton of games. And that summer, we went to a lot of games. We went mm-hmm. to like, I don't know, 30, 35 games. It's just a lot, you know. I live about 15 minutes away. So when they finally won in 79, you know, I've been a fan, moved out there in 69. So it was just incredible. And they won. It was called the Yes We Can years, you know, the season. Just very excited. Nolan Ryan, the great Nolan Ryan, and Frank Tanana, and the pitching staff, and some other guys who did a nice yep. job. But it was ex- mm-hmm. well, Rod. Okay, yeah, Rod, Rod Carew was there. and Rod Don Baylor. Rod yeah. wasn't there yet. He came a little later. But uh, but Donnie Baylor, Bobby Gritch, uh, just just a great group. The Angels have always had good fans, good support. So it was great when they won. But you guys were a juggernaut that year. Um, you had you had Doug Desensei and so forth, and uh, Desensei, and you had he was uh, a big time team. Was always good. Hey, yeah, they had. Uh, you know, I got the roster right here. You got had Steve yeah, Stone, look at that. Palmer, yeah. Scott McGregor, Excellent. Tippy Martinez, Dennis Martinez, <laughs> Mike Flanagan with <laughs> Rick Dempsey behind the plate, Rich Dower, Rich. Rich Dower, Eddie Murray, uh, Doug DeSensei, and then Mitchell Field. You had 
Nice uh, Al Bummery, uh, Ken Singleton, Gary oh. Renicky, John Lowenstein, Solid. Pat Kelly, with uh, with Earl Weaver calling, calling the shots, you know, behind the dugout. Uh, that team was set the world on fire. They wow. won one hundred and fifty-seven, and won their and won their division and beat and beat out the then American League Milwaukee Brewers. You guys are juggernaut. I think the Angels ended up winning one game. You won three games. It was fantastic one. Team. The, you uh, Doug DeSensei was so impressive. The Angels got went out and got him <laughs> a year or two. Said screw it, we're just going to sign him. <laughs> he came over. Like yeah, yeah we're, gonna, we're going to oh, yeah. need this guy. He was fantastic. We, we, he got he was like he was like Brooks Robinson yeah. for goodness sakes for you guys. Then, I mean, he was that good. With, I mean, and with with John Lowenstein's pinch hit uh, three run walk off home run in the bottom of the tenth inning, and uh, the and the Orioles. Oh boy, one eight yeah. one eight nine in game two. Eddie Murray hit a home run. Mike Flanagan got the loss. Um, and then go you game won three one. series head to Anaheim. You guys won. Yeah, you won that one. Don Baylor hit a home run in that ball game. Um, oh, no, with Don Acey got the win with four in, with four innings in release in relief. Excuse me. And then yeah, game yep. four. Mm-hmm. That was yep, it. Game four shut out eight nothing. Pat Kelly back then it was three. Yeah, best of five. That was that was it. We the also, Angels. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I scored you guys twenty six. So it was rough because they seventy nine and eighty two. They had the two games and none lead on the Brewers, and they end up losing three straight. <laughs> Didn't get to the World Series in eighty six. We could we could spend another show on the eighty six playoffs, which is incredible. The Angels were one strike away. Talk about the oh, biggest sports yeah. disappointment. Probably nineteen eighty six. I mean that was that was hmm. rough. You know, yeah. one strike away from the World Series, and and it's. Yep, and then and then lo and behold, the Red Sox come only for them to choke it in Game Six with the bullpen. And I don't want to hear yeah, any stuff about Bill was Buck, a tremendous the bullpen vomited all over himself. vomited all over himself. Oh, give me a, give me a break! And it's so ironic that with the disappointments yeah. in '86 with the Red Sox and the Angels, they want they both both of those teams won World Series championships within two years of each other. Your team won in two thousand two, and they the Red sure Sox did. won in two years and O2, later. In four. I was that game. So that, was that that's, game that's just, it was unbelievable. It's I just couldn't believe it. I happened to be there. My friend had a ticket. He let, you know he goes, "Hey, you want to go?" Yeah, I want to go. You know, well, real quick on that. After Game Six, the Angels had a miracle comeback in Game Six in O two two thousand two. Against the Giants, and he calls me from the state of my buddy. Right. He says, "Hey, Mike, you want to go to the game tomorrow?" I go, "Yeah." He goes, "I go. What happened to your other friend, Brett?" He goes, "Well, I only have one ticket, and he wants to bring his girlfriend." And he says, "If I can't bring her, I'm not going to go." Jai, what asinine decision is that to forego Game Seven of the World <laughs> Series of your childhood team because you can't bring your girlfriend? Jai, I don't want to ever hear you doing. I mean, that. come on, because <laughs> you can't bring your girlfriend. <laughs> No. So I go. Stay I'm home. There. I'm went. going to the game. Sat, I mean, Leave me it was alone. unbelievable watching the watching the Angels And uh, you know, Game Seven, John Travolta was there at the because you know Disney owned the team. Then he's sitting in the booth with Michael Eisner. It was kind of a surreal thing, but it was so exciting seeing that the team that I followed all these years. And listen, that's where it's at now. You know, we still got a great player, Mike Trout. We got Rendon. We got some good pieces, but we want to get on the field again. Of course, we yeah. You need I, pitching. You know, listen, Mike, I'm not going to deny pitching. that we didn't get exactly the pitching, but I tell you, Mickey Callaway is a picking pitching coach, and Joe Madden 
will help a bit. They're just good leaders. It looks like Callaway's a great pitching coach, I understand. And I like Joe Madden. I like Joe Madden. Joe, yeah, yeah, he'll he'll do a good job getting you guys out of the yeah. hole. The problem is that once you uh, achieve glory by reaching maybe a World Series or two, you know, you, he he kind of leaves you on well, that I'll on that it. flat. You know, he nothing nothing that. goes up and nothing <laughs> goes down. I mean, you you'll take it. Of course, the Cubs took it for crying out loud with no championship for 108 years. So I guarantee you, you'll take it. Of course, won I've won, and my son is a diehard fan. 23, and his friends are dying. I want them. I want to see the Angels do well for them. I've got my. You know, I saw them win, but I want to see the Orioles do well for you and your buddies back there and all the great. You know, you know, you guys deserve it. You know. Uh, it's going to be a while with such we're a suffering. franchise. We're suffering, Mike. We've, we've been around since 1954. We've won three yeah. championships yeah. in 66, 70, and 83. Uh, my, the last time the Orioles won a world championship, uh, my father was in elementary school. Okay, I've been rooting for the Orioles. The Orioles were the first sports team I've ever fell in love with. Baseball was yeah. my first love for any of the other sports. So, and they're my hometown team. So they're so they're very they're very close to home. I've been raised and I've grown up in a family filled with Orioles fans, lifelong. And I, I don't know about you, but I would like to see my team that I've given my uh not one say <laughs> yeah. sweat my yeah. my heart and soul towards too yeah. and and my money and things of that nature of i'd like to see them win a championship so i can enjoy it with with my sure. uh with my older loved ones that you know that are now as on the on the quote unquote the back nine of mm-hmm. their life and i'd like to enjoy it with them before <laughs> before the good lord calls them home because i you know cuz i'd i'd be bounced off the walls if the orioles won a championship but it would be a bittersweet feeling of of the orioles winning a championship and my parents mm-hmm. my grandparents you know everybody and and them not being around mm. to experience it with me, I, I I'd be like those I'd be like those poor, uh, yeah, no, not poor, but yes. I'd be like those Chicago Cubs fans that wait that you know sat through their entire childhood and most of their adult life w- waiting rough. and yearning for a championship, and they knew and and their aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents yes. and great grandparents and great aunts and great uncles all of the adult family members in their life loved the cubs just as much as they did but they had the bittersweet feeling but yes the curse is finally over but boy what I what I would do to to bring them back to life to experience it with me because it's just something about baseball that yeah, that it's 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 something special with baseball that you don't have with a, with a lot of the other sport. I mean, it's a it's like with a with Brad Pitt's and movie Moneyball. How can you not get romantic <laughs> about baseball? It's I mean, I love exactly. football. I love the death. I mean, heck, the 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 mo, the more the, I get, all of my most of, you know my ratings are through the roof when I'm breaking down. You know, when I'm breaking down NFL and you know when I'm bringing down the NFL. But it's just something about baseball yep. that just makes the game so special. And me and all of the good fans and the good people of Baltimore deserve to see this team be a champion, especially because it came oh so close to beating the Royals in 2014. Well, like say, Johnny, and we got and swept you know, always talk about it. There's always next year, you know, the old cry. And for a lot of teams, it it's, happens early. 
there's always next year because the season could be over in a few months. But you talk about the lineage, and I agree with you. There's something about a lineage in baseball from your grandparents. For me, it's my grandfather who's born in uh, – well, he came over from Russia in uh, whatever year it was. He was a, to, um, to New York, and he was a huge Brooklyn Dodger fan. You know, and then he moved out to L.A. in the 30s. Mm. And then the Dodgers came, you know, in the 50s. And then, you know, he listened. I remember growing up, he listened to all those Dodger games on the radio with Vince Scully, you know, the home games. And he was a tremendous Dodger fan. So, you know, my dad was a baseball fan. So you get your love of the game, right. you know, from from your from your folks, from your grandparents, from your relatives, mm-hmm. like you talk about. You know, but that's but it's always going to be with you. If they do win, who's here, who's mm-hmm. not here, it's going to be for them. You know what I'm saying? It's always going to be for the whole group, but it'd be nice, yeah. like you say, if it was sooner uh, rather than later. <laughs> rather than later. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I just yeah. I, That's all I want is just, is just for them to win that championship and to see them hoist that commissioner's trophy so I can go to the parade. Of course. And, you know, and just and, and, and just say – for just say for a moment, my Baltimore Orioles are the best baseball team in the world, and say that with confidence, and say it with my chest out. And we have the championship, the stats, the final scores, and a trophy, and a pennant, and confetti, and a parade, and T-shirts, and hats, and a <laughs> ring, and all that nonsense. And you have all of that kind of merchandise, to, to no doubt. If that's that's all I want. Oh, I would. I'd be uh, Orioles, be. world champions. And you listen, you know, and you guys had the Nationals that won last year, and I'm sure that was kind of tough on the Oriole fans, right? Being so close, mm. in a sense, you know, uh, watching it was, them win a little bit. It was, it, yeah. I mean, I because yeah. you know how much I can't stand the Astros. I had no problems with rooting for with rooting for the Nationals. Uh, the old Orioles fan that's been around, you know, has been around going back into the '60s, yeah, and if not, you know, the late '50s, you know, they. They kind of, you know, who kind of has a little bit of an edge to them. They might not have, Mm -hmm. you know, they might Mm -hmm. have vomited at the fact that the Washington Nationals, who have been a franchise since 2005, have a World Series championship. And the Orioles haven't done anything since since Billie Jean was (laughs) on the number one of the Billboard Hot 100. But... uh, but I'm pretty sure it bothered a, a few, a few uh, Baltimoreans and a few Orioles fans, and it, it didn't oh, bother me though because I can't see the answers as far as I can throw them, as you oh. well know. So, They're like, and plus they were such they were such a likable team, incredible, such, such, such a such a likable team. But soon, soon, rather than later, empty stadium, whatever. I know where it's yeah. going to be in Arizona. Whoever, yep, good. Gonna, you know, listen, we're we're all, we're all it's hard. You know, we missed out yeah. all the final four. We missed out of the NCAA, and now it's baseball. Now it's going into in the bat. In the, the Lakers yeah. on the verge, you know, this year, and it's just, it's frustrating. But we got bigger things going on right now. You know, what are you going to do? Give me, give. Are you are you by any chance? Are you for Major League Baseball playing those games in in those remote locations you in know, Arizona and Florida? It's, it's a tough fans? call because to me. You know, listen, it's going to be odd to watch, right? It's going to be odd to watch these guys on the field with no fans. And what about these guys being away for so long from their families? Like, I think Dog talked about it. Mike Trout's wife is pregnant, right? You know, you think he wants to be away from her for four months, you know? I mean, especially with all that's going on. So I'm kind of leaning on the side of not. But if they could figure out some sort of testing, maybe, yes. But I'm not going to just listen. It's not like I'm dying to have it happen. But I know they're trying to get the product back out there, you know? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I don't. Here's what I. Here's my opinion on it. And I was going to say. And I was going to say. I'll still talk about it later in the show. But because you're here, I'll bring it. To, I. If it gets to the point where we can't have a decent season with a yeah. respectable postseason, I just say. And I was going to hurt them in the pocket, and they're going to hate to do this because you're going to go about. 20 something months with no baseball, you know, the, the last game of, of that of matter and the last game that everyone paid attention to is going to be games is going to be, was it game five, game six of the 2019 world series and the nationals winning it at the minute made park. So I understand all that, but look at it this way, 2021, they're going to have the world baseball classic, which if it hasn't mm-hmm. gotten intrigue before, mm-hmm. it will definitely get in get a lot of intrigue this time, especially because hitting into the twenty twenty one WBC, uh the USA will be uh the defending will be the defending champions heading into that uh tournament. So and and if you're not into the and if you're a baseball fan, but you if you like baseball, if you like baseball, if you love baseball, you'll be into the World Baseball Classic. So and that and that is already competitive baseball being played right, right in the month of March. You know, right. it's, it's it's baseball's World Cup for the season starts. You got that season. I guarantee. You, mm-hmm. I mean, every year they start opening day earlier and earlier. So you know, it was it was, it was like May. It was like March thirtieth last year. This year it's supposed to be March twenty sixth. So probably they'll have opening day on St. Patrick's Day. We'll have opening day on St. Patrick's Day. We'll get all revved up and ready to go for baseball St. Patrick's Day. And and you just have and and you just go into twenty twenty one and you basically have a you just have an absolute fantastic A bomb of a season where you mm-hmm. where it's you know, it's like the best baseball season, you know, uh 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 out of this world competitive seven game, yeah. five game, you know, series played all over the place. Seven game epic World Series, epic regular season games with walk offs and and perfect games and hits <laughs> for the excited, just have an absolute you know and and count on the fact that you have a have an right. absolute right. perfect twenty twenty one season and and you have that and hope you have an epic World Baseball mm-hmm. Classic and you basically hope for the best and hope that you have one of the best regular you know have one of the best overall seasons in uh, in two thousand twenty one. If and only if if you if it gets to the point which it, which it, it honestly could get to that point, if you think that you cannot have an honest season playing at the minimum seventy five games and have a de- and have a decent uh, postseason postseason tournament at yeah. the end of it, can't uh, if, do if, it. if you can't, can't do, do that, it. then I know yeah. it will hurt it will hurt them in the pocket and they'll hate to do this and the players will cry and scream. But at this at this rate, Listen, you I, lose yeah, the battle in the war. I'm with you because because people people will be chomping mm-hmm. at the bit, whether they're casual baseball fans, sports fans that don't like baseball, but from time to time have a slight intrigue in it, and the diehards like you and I will be foaming at the mouth for baseball for baseball season come March of 2021 if if they were to cancel the 2020 right mid-season whenever that was and that was it and we survived it's like okay it didn't happen that year and i think back like yeah we missed it but you know we came back in 95 and played again and there we are you know so it's not like it's not going to be the end of the world it's frustrating we all love it but if it can't be done it can't be done we can't put together some sort of you know like uh double you know double header seven uh seven innings and Guys in the stands, guys are in the stands. Right, yeah, to, so, yeah, not, not to get up to the bat. 
what the hell's going on? It's gonna be like with too the much. social distancing. No, 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 no. You can't. Yeah, no, no set. None of this packing in uh, ten games in five days. No double. You know, day night double header, seven inning guard. Don't get wacky with yeah, it. Yeah, okay? you can't do that. You had basically baseball has to understand that that what's yeah. what that you can't do too much. And what's gone is gone, and you're not going to get that time. You're not going to get that time, those games, or or the money back. You you just can't. Every, everyone around this country yeah. and around the world is has lost right. has lost some money in their pocket and has lost some prime yes. precious moments of yeah. opportunity. You're just going to have to face it and accept it. And 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 if you can't if you can't you know have a season then oh well you can't you can't have a season so I mean I mean we'll I mean we'll live because you know especially if if everything is you know if the NFL's unaffected and we're sitting there watching college football and NFL games come to fall I mean it'll it'll be it'll be a good substitute. You know, it'll, it'll it'll take the edge off, and then you'll have your NBA basketball. Suppose if you know if they if they get the season over by Labor Day, you'll have NBA basketball to take you up, and you know that will cover you. So you'll have you'll have, and then baseball will start back up March twenty twenty one, and you basically have a fantastic season and hope for the best. But don't try to don't do anything stupid mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or egregious mm-hmm. or hasty. To try to make up for yeah. lost time, take advantage Absolutely of what right, you already yeah. got. I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna don't make get, you. Come don't get greedy. But listen, you got a, you got a lot don't of things greedy. going on. You got graduation coming up. You got <laughs> college I, next. Hey, congratulations yeah. on all that, by yeah. the way. Well, yeah, you know, college if, coming if, up. South if we Carolina have a next year. It's Thank you. Just, uh, year after. Yeah. Absolutely, whatever it is going to be success. Hopefully, success keep for sure. For us, yeah. My friend, no doubt about it. Unbelievable. Yeah. My God, Joe, you've had me off for an hour again. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you on for now. If I, if I can, can I, can I get you? If I get, can I get you for two more things, or you got to run? All right, all right, a few more things. Um, so mm-hmm. give me, so I'll tie in the free agency with Brady and Howard Stern. Hey, so give me your thoughts on the Brady. First of all, give me your thoughts on Brady going to Tampa. Mm-hmm. Number one and number two, give me your uh, the, give me your reaction of his Howard Stern. Listen, going to Tampa, I was kind of shocked. I mean, Tampa, week. you know, it's like okay, you know, I, I thought maybe the Chargers. It just seemed like you know, just Tom and Giselle and the glitz and the glamour. The Chargers really need something to sell it in the new stadium. You know, they need something with these terrible owners, L.A. And I thought with Tom out. <laughs> Yeah. Vom- that's vomit inducing, Mike. But you make it too. That's vomit inducing. Seeing Tom Brady just, but no, get no, off but my screen. Just, just, you know, you just thought maybe that's your just, just, you know, LA just play football stuff going on. But then I thought, then he talked about it. The ex-wife, the mother of his child, uh, you know, uh, Bridget Moynihan, who's on the, by the way, she's on Blue Bloods, one of my favorite shows on CBS. Great cop drama. She films in New York. You want to be close to her. He likes the situation in, 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 you know, in Tampa. I mean, it's warmer weather. You live in Jeter's house, you know, as we heard on the on the Stern show. Uh, it, it is, you know, listen, 20 years, what a run. Mm. You know, I'm saying mm. six titles, 20 years. But, you know, usually at the end here, these greats like Unitas when he went mm. to the Chargers and Namath, it just doesn't work out well usually, Jai. You know, I don't think we're going to see this yeah. greatness again. The man's, wait, what is he again, 42? I mean, whatever he is. 
I think he's, father time might be I'll catching look up. It, up. it was he, looking yeah, a he's little in weak early, last he's in his early 40s. You could tell there was some tailing off. So I, I don't know how he's uh, – oh, we'll see. Terrible. I guess it'll be kind of exciting. But Tampa to me, it's not like a franchise. 42? I, I don't know. It's 42. You know, we'll, uh, 42. We'll, just, we'll just have yep. to see how it all goes down there, you know, in Tampa. But, uh, you know, it'll be – listen, it'll be great for them, great for that, that hope, city. Man. You know, it's exciting for them around the league, you know, and, uh, you know, changing conferences and everything. It'll be interesting. What is, what what's the Chargers? What's your Chargers plans? Of you know that all I've heard uh, is that they're going to go with. You got um, any insight on that? Well, I can't think of his name. Tyrod Taylor, right? That's all, all I hear. They're going with the backup. The Chargers are just not a well-run franchise. Yeah. The Spanos brothers—they call them the Spanos Goose out here. You know, the move from San Diego was just disastrous, really. Yeah, you know, to the little stadium, Carson. And Terrible. They Terrible said people. nothing else. I guess they're going to go with Taylor. So. Uh, you know, you thought they'd be going after maybe Jameis. Maybe they are. Who knows? Uh, you know? If if, the, if, if they, they go after Jameis, they're nuts. <laughs> yeah, who, they're who, who wants a yeah, guy that get that with 30 interceptions on their roster? Yeah. You, yeah. You, you, you say, okay, we'll say goodbye to Philip Rivers, who, yeah. you know, who looked like he lost lost his touch on his football, and and, and to bring in what could be, a, depending on how you look at it, I mean, Brendan basically <laughs> thinks that Philip Rivers is the second coming of uh, yeah. of Unitas yeah. in a Charger uniform, or Dan Faust would be a better example. I don't know, but you going you going to sell it to the to the to the non-existent LA Chargers fan that that an upgrade from Philip oh. Rivers that that was an eyesore throwing the football in 2019, an upgrade from him is bringing in James Winston. Yeah, I, I don't him. think I if think they if they do Taylor, that, then that's what it sounds like. But let me tell you, there's just not a lot of news out of that camp. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, they're covered somewhat out here, but the Rams get most of the coverage. They get quite a bit of coverage, especially the Rams, you know, trading, uh, you know, you know, the Cooks contract last week and all, all the stuff they're doing. Get, but, get, uh, you know, right. Uh, yeah. So I'll get, I'll get to, to that. The, yeah. Exactly. And getting rid of some getting rid of girly. Chargers are a real blip on the radar out here, Zai, though. It's really just if you rank and I've talked to Chris about that, you rank the Southern California, you know, in terms of the markability or the power, whatever, you know, it's like the Lakers, the Dodgers, USC football, the Rams, the Chargers are way down, probably with the Anaheim Ducks. (laughs) My angels are above them. Yeah. Yeah. Well they're 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 a non existent franchise. They're a non-existent. They're a non-existent franchise that has that has literally no fan. I mean, if you can't sell out a thirty thousand seat soccer stadium, you absolutely have no yeah. hope. I mean, yeah. and and it's perfect to bring it up because it leads into the last thing. Now I'll let you go. But I read earlier this week that apparently it's going to be the Rams and the Chargers the first time in the history yeah. of Hard Knocks. They're going to have two teams on Hard Knocks. On Hard Knocks, we're going to have the Rams and the Chargers because they're opening up a new stadium. Are yeah. you kidding me? Okay, first I got an argument for both teams. If you just let me go for a minute. Okay, the Rams were already on Hard Knocks so yes. a short four years ago in yes. 2016 when they moved back to LA. Okay, with Jeff Fisher, <laughs> Jared Goff not knowing how to dress the whole nine yards. Okay, yeah. so we got the Rams yeah. when we. 
when they moved yeah. back to LA into the college stadium. We got to see him again just because they're moving into into that billion dollar stadium that Stan Kroenke oh. and his hairpiece put together. Please, okay, that's I'm number one. I'm number two. Do we uh, the Chargers? Okay, a team that, like you said, is a blip on the LA radar, non-existent yeah. in, as far as LA sports are concerned whatsoever. And they're not even going to be playing in LA. They're playing in Carson and Inglewood, you know, across the street from uh, Kim Kardashian's house and about a block away from where Gordon Ramsay lives. Okay, they're not playing in downtown LA on LA Live at the, at the Staples Center yeah. where Kobe and LeBron used to, you know, lace up their cleats. Or, or in Chavez Ravine with the backdrop of L.A. in the background with the Dodgers, <laughs> with, uh, with uh, Sandy Koufax and uh, Kirk Gibson. They're not playing it. They're playing, they're playing in a Los Angeles suburb. And the team, like you said, is non-existent, doesn't exist in the, in, in the L.A. market. Gets little to no media attention. They, mm-hmm. they can't sell out a 30,000-seat uh, soccer stadium. They have, they have no stars to speak of whatsoever. And Philip Rivers is a San Diego Charger, not an LA Charger. Okay, LT's long retired. They have no. I mean, you just sat up there and told me, Mike, that they're going to try to replace Philip Rivers with Jameis Winston, and we got to sit up here and see these Muppets on Hard Knocks. Give me a, uh, give me a Very break. Re- we we, we got to look at the Chargers, really. Okay. You, 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 I know the Buccaneers were just on there a short time ago, so I'm kind of like contradicting my own argument. But you could at least, if you, what they're doing that anyway, because they're putting the Rams back on. But you could, you, could you give me the Buccaneers with Brady adjust? Now I'd, I'd half of me would probably throw up because it'd be nonstop Brady and Giselle. Give me my vomit bag. But yeah. give me the Buccaneers. Give me the yeah. Chiefs coming off of their championship. With you know, have Andy Reid eating some uh, Kansas City barbecue in the middle of August. Give me, give me the Patriots. I, I told Brady exactly. They haven't been on Friday right? night. Give me the Patriots. Give me, give me, let me see how. Let me mm-hmm. see. Right, they, they haven't been on, and I want to see how Bel Belichick and Kraft and that entire team and organization, adjust, you know, adjusts to to football life post Brady. You know, this is the first year since 1999, the first year, first season in the 21st century of the new millennium that the Patriots have not had Tom Brady on their roster. In their first season since 2000, when he wasn't the starting quarterback, I'd be interested in that. Belichick to go to the NFL films and all that. Give me that. I don't want to see the Chargers who don't exist in the LA market in the big picture. And I don't want to see the Rams who I, I saw on there the four years ago. The whole new stadium. I think they're just trying to. Yeah, the league's just trying to exactly. So if I stadium, because I'm, I'm with because new stadiums. Oh, give me a break. Sports. Please, you know, last enough. year the Raiders, it wasn't that good. I didn't think. I don't think it was that great. I, I, I honestly, I mean, when you had the Antonio Brown fiasco and John Gruden, that's all you yeah. need. <laughs> and, and my, my, in my honest opinion, that's all you need. And I mean, I mean, I don't know why. And then, well, I talked to Brendan on Friday, and Brendan was like, "Well, you got to put on losing teams." Well, hope, Brendan, do you realize that the first team that they, the first hard knocks they ever did, yeah, right. was the Correct. 2001 Baltimore Ravens that were coming off of the Super Bowl that. championship. So don't, so don't give me the argument they got to put on losing teams. No, they don't because they've started the team because they started this program going in, going in depth analysis and in depth, um, you know, in you know, going in depth with a team that's coming off of their first ever championship. And in a in a franchise that was, as Stephen A. likes to say, a franchise that was wet behind the ears, breath smelling like Simlac. Franchise was, you know, came to Baltimore in nineteen ninety six. Their champions in two thousand. 
Okay, the Chiefs have won a championship in 50 years. Give me them. Give me the Patriots adjusting the life without Brady. I don't want to see. I'm not interested in Sean McVay <laughs> riding the peloton, breaking down his breaking down his playbook, and then well, I, and, I and say, the, John, with the Ukrainian with the that. Ukrainian fiance that he has come come coming into come. No, I'm not. I'm not interested. Who only knows about 15 words in English? Okay, and and I, Brennan, Brennan said the Maybe same Brennan thing. I thought you'd be interested in that nonsense. I got okay? you. I'm I got sitting you. there. I want, I want, I want my football. Okay, and with football, I want my football. I want this. I want this. I don't, I don't, don't cross the two. Do, do not cross the two. Okay, and okay, and I would hate because I'm the type of person that 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 likes to like watch my shows on the television. I would hate to be watching an episode of Hard Knocks. Well, I probably wouldn't be in the house any. Well, I'd see yeah. so I might be, but you never know. But I'd hate to be watching an episode of Hard Knocks and have my, you know, and and you know, and because HBO they kind of push the envelope with a little bit of things, and I'd and I'd hate to and I'd hate to you know watch an episode of Hard Knocks and have Sean McVay's fiance walk in with satin with the satin robe on that she got on sale from Victoria's Secret on the street, and I get sit here and explain to my mother why this half why why she's looking at a half dressed woman on. On her, on her television screen, unless they've been trying to watch Hard Knocks, and they got Sean McVay on the Peloton at five in the morning, breaking break down the floor. You are circle, Jay, but I, I get you. You know what? Let's just see what happens. Oh my Hard gosh, Almighty enough! When we get full access, when we see these crazy offensive line coaches, right, or these crazy special teams coaches, or guys getting cut. I don't think we saw guys getting cut last year. I think I think Gruden controlled yeah, yeah. it a little bit too much. I don't know what happened last year. I just didn't think you're right. The Tony Brown thing was no. Nah, you got to yeah. have more kind of the, this crazy. The, the this old, call, old Gruden. We'll see what happens with the Rams. But, but Sean, listen, Sean McVay. He's very slick. He's very cool. He's smart. You know, and I'm sure there'll be some home life episodes there. So, sorry, Jay. I have to get ready for that with the Ukrainian. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's. It, it, Sean McVay is no, yeah. uh, he, he's no Lombardi. Okay, oh, let's be fair. He vomited all over himself for the Super Bowl. His his two thousand his two thousand nineteen team was nothing to be spoken of whatsoever. Jared Goff terrible. Uh, Todd Gurley nowhere to be found. That's why they cut him. Uh, what I got to look at? Oh, so, Sean McVay on the Peloton and watching uh Aaron, and watching Aaron Donald basically bench press Ram trucks. Not interested. Gimme Belichick and adjusting the life with Brady. That I care about the football stuff, not the not the gimmicky nonsense. Okay. I could care less about what Aaron Donald puts yeah. in his little homemade protein shakes when he wakes up at five in the morning, about to do about to do uh five sets of ten. I was looking forward to see Greg Zerline on I, I the Cowboys. So I guess we can see Greg Zerline uh working out, trying to kick eighty yard field goals or something. You know, I don't know what the hell he's doing. But there, but there you have it. So yeah, no, no, yeah. Who knows? Absolutely, Jai. Perfect timing. Mike, my, you know, it's the, been a pleasure, pal. Uh, Thank you. Appreciate it. Called the beautiful Italian. I talked to Patrick. Right? I mean, I said dinner's ready. So look at the timing on all this, Jai. Let me just say, fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Any any time. You are a true talent. You're going to go far. Anytime, it's exciting Mike. to hear your podcast, your calls. You keep it up. Happy Thank Easter. You. Best to your family too. Let's be safe, my friend. Okay. Appreciate it. All right.
Welcome back to Metallic TIS Podcast. Thanks once again to Mike in Orange County for joining me. I'm sure he will be back on the program within the very near future. Um, switching gears now to uh, NFL offseason news and trades and all that sort of stuff because Bill O'Brien, once again, ladies and gentlemen, he is at it again with uh, a few weeks, you know, back when this, uh, you know, back about two, three episodes ago, I think it was two episodes ago, um, I broke I broke down and gave you my thoughts on that ass, on that stupid, dumb, ignorant, buffoonish, egregious, asinine decision to trade one of the top five best wide receivers in all the football in Deshaun Watson's wingman in DeAndre Hopkins for essentially a bag of uh, Utz potato chips. And I thought that, you know, he had, you would think that he'd learn his lesson after he basically traded Clowney for nothing. But, it, but I mean, I granted uh, Jadavion Clowney isn't exactly uh, Deacon Jones, but he's still a, a great talent when he's on the field and when he's healthy. And that's the problem he's running in now why he can't get a contract because he, because he can't stay on the field. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so it turns out that he has found his replacement and uh, he's found his replacement for DeAndre Hopkins and wide receiver Brandon Cooks, which is okay. I mean, is Brandon Cooks DeAndre Hopkins? No. Is he is he a scrub? No, he is not. He's he's de- he's a decent wide receiver that's had a few thousand receiving yard seasons within his uh, within his career. The problem is, is that he traded the same second-round pick he got from Arizona when he traded DeAndre Hopkins a few weeks ago. Yeah, he traded that exact same second-round pick he got from Arizona to the Rams for De- for Brandon Cooks. I mean, if you are... If you are uh, Bill O'Brien... Do you care about your job? Do you care? Do you honestly, God? Do you care about your job? Honestly, that that's an y'all think I'm uh, that's an honest question. Why would you trade the pick you got in one of the? Dumbest trades in the history of the National Football League. Why would you trade that second round pick and then just trade it to LA for Brandon Cooks? Why? Bill why? Why would you do that? Why would you you just you got a pick for your stupid and your stupidity of trading away DeAndre Hopkins? If anything, you keep that pick. So you can like I don't know rebuild on the go to make sure that your team is semi decent without one of the top five wide receivers and all of football on it anymore. But no, you don't you, you don't you, you don't keep the pick if you're Bill Brown. No 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 you don't keep the pick. 
you use it and you trade it to L.A. You trade it to L.A. for Brandon Cooks. Okay, not Aaron Donald. Brandon Cooks, who's a good wide receiver. He he's not he's not a DeAndre Hopkins top five top ten wide receiver in the NFL. He's 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 not he's not that. I he's he's a good wide receiver. He he's not he's he's no DeAndre Hopkins. He's good. That's he's that's what he is. He's a, he's a good receiver that has shown some highlights and has had some moments of talent and, and greatness. He's good, but that's it. He's no DeAndre Hopkins. And you trade a second round pick you got from Arizona, and you trade that pick to Los Angeles for Brandon Cooks rather than keeping the pick and, and at least trying to to make you know the, the, to make lemonade when you get sour lemons. Really, really. I mean, hey. Bill, 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 William, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? As if L.A. doesn't need help trying to basically get back to the Super Bowl because they're because they're stuck in cap hell because they gave Jared Goff and Aaron Donald all that money. It's, it's they it's not like that they need help okay they, they don't they don't they don't need help you got Jared Goff your quarterback and Aaron Donald that sucks up the majority of your cap space sucks it up and you're looking at a Los Angeles Ram team that's going to look to be honest, very different than a 2018 team that made it to the Super Bowl. Very different. But you you help you help Los Angeles and you hurt yourself. So you, so you basically cut DeAndre Hopkins loose. You get a guy that is not as good as DeAndre Hopkins, and you get no draft picks. That second rounder, jeez, I almost knocked my knocked the mic in the floor. But the second rounder, that's it, it's gone. Arizona give to you, say no, no thanks. McVay Rams in your new stadium, you have the second round pick. Bill O'Brien has no business, none whatsoever, with running and being in an NFL front office. None whatsoever. No business doing it. None whatsoever. And if I am... Chairman, owner, president of the uh, the Texans. You got to make a change and tell Bill O'Brien to give up that GM spot or else your team will be in the toilet and it will come sooner than you can blink your eyes five times.
It will come sooner than you think. And next thing you know, Deshaun Watson will be out of there. And that team will be six feet under, dead as a doornail. Because Bill O'Brien has no business being an NFL GM, whether it's by association, whether it's be because he, he got the title because they haven't bothered to hire a GM, whatever the case might be, you need to get him the heck you need to get him the hell out of there. Because he has no business being an NFL GM. None whatsoever. The only head coach that knows how to make it work is Belichick. And he and he's coached the pages to not to nine Super Bowls and six championships. And again, he's the greatest coach in the in the history of the sport. Need to get him out of there. Plain and simple. Back after this. Continue to honor Bill Withers with this track. Uh, real quick, keep the music going. Um, the XFL closes up shop. Looks like for good they fired all of their staff and employees and things of that nature. And remember when, if you remember, that they said when they canceled the rest of the 2020 season, they said they were going to make sure they'd be back for 2021. Well, that looks that way right now is literally there is no XFL. Every employee that is employed by the XFL um, is now on the unemployment line, and it looks like that XFL 2.0, even unlike the first, and this is a better XFL than the first one, but at least the first one uh, finished a uh, whole season, and it looks like this one will be cut like like the AF, AAF won't be able to finish an entire season and will join the AAF and the previous original XFL in the Football League trash can. So, this was the XFL. More Bill Withers.
Welcome back to Metallic TIS Podcast. Last order of business before we say goodbye. Um, you Well, this Sunday, uh, is the time of recording this, uh, April 12th on a Sunday, would have been the uh, the final round of the 2019 um masters with with uh with the golf and uh and we would have been able to figure out and seen if uh tiger woods for the first time in 15 years was going to try and defend his uh masters championship in which the anniversary of uh of him winning it last of him winning last year's event uh is I believe it's on the fourteenth, which is on Tuesday, will be the one year anniversary of him winning of him honestly having one of the greatest uh personal comeback stories in the history of American sports of and him and him winning the Masters of two thousand and nineteen and would have been able to see if he uh, was going to be able to defend the title and uh you know and it would have been very interesting i mean i'm I'm a casual golf fan love tiger woods and one of the number one tournaments i make sure that i have a bit of an idea and i'm wrapped up on one golf tournament out of all of them and it's the masters something you know it's augusta national it's in the green jackets on cbs with you know with nance and lundquist with the voice and it's just it's 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 the it's the Rose Bowl of it's the Rose Bowl of golf. You know, if if there was a way I could make it an analogy, that's what it is. It's the Rose Bowl of golf. It's the Wimbledon of golf. Is the Masters. It's you know, as Nance likes to say, it's a tradition unlike any other. You only you only get one of them a year. You got the Green Jacket. It's a very sacred. Now it has its races past. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's a it's a very sacred golf club to get into. You know, with the green jacket, it's got a lot of history there with Arnold Palmer and and a lot of the and a lot of the old time greats, including Tiger and Jack Nicholas and and I go on and on and on and on. And you know, it sucks that we won't that we're not going to have it in this uh, middle week of April. Uh, and what and what could have been uh, I mean, last year the fi- the Masters final round was on Palm Sunday. This year, if we lived in a perfect world with no coronavirus, it would have been on Easter Sunday. And uh, today, to, you know, to honor what would have been the uh, you know what would have been the final round of the Masters, I have my red uh night I have my red Nike shirt on play you know playing uh homage to one of my favorite golfers uh or my favorite golfer at least the, the big one that I care about in uh Tiger Woods so uh so there's that and I bring that up I bring all this up because the 2020 Masters came out um in between uh shows in between episodes of your favorite uh sports talk podcast um, that the Masters is going to be rescheduled to, I thought they were going to cancel it a la Wimbledon, but don't look like they're going to do that. They are going to reschedule the Masters for mid-November, which hopefully it shouldn't be too bad weather. It is in Georgia, and it's not like that they're playing up at, uh, up at a uh, Beth Page up in New York, where it's going to be, you know, 30 degrees outside and free, and you're going to freeze your ass off and playing golf and, or, and or watching it if you are one of the, you know, one of the fortunate ones to get a ticket into the place. But, you know, so it's temperatures be in the 60s and the 50s, so it shouldn't be too, too terrible. 
Uh, and also got to hope that no weather or, you know, with hurricane season wrapping up and and uh, no rain or any of that or something crazy, you get a snowstorm and it wipes it out that way. But um, they reschedule it for the middle of November, and it's going to be interesting because CBS, of course, has the rights to broadcast the Masters, and they also, of course, you're in the thick of you're in the thick of the NFL and the college football season. Nance already came out and he said that if he has to choose between the NFL and the Masters, he's picking the Masters. Um, so it's going to be interesting, you know. The CBS want to basically sacrifice their number one voice for the NFL. To uh to go ahead and do the Masters and how they're going to handle it on the final round they're going to do what they did last year when they had a threat of thunderstorms on the way, do they do what they did last year and basically have a very have an early morning tea time, uh have an early morning tea time for the final round so by the time uh by the time the winner of the green jacket gets his gets his jacket put on and raises up the uh. Raise up the master trophy with his green jacket on. You know, by that time you can, you know, you can. Uh, Jim Nance can throw it to, uh, throw it to James Brown, uh, Boomer, uh, Coach Cower, and Nate Burleson up in New York for the, you know, for with, you know, for a truncated edition of the NFL today, and then have your, and then have your, uh, have your regular NFL doubleheader weekend, or you know, how would they handle that? And then on Sunday with the college football, it at least gives you a little bit of space. You don't have to worry about, you know, start started up at, you know, towards the back end of the morning, 10 o'clock, 10, 11 o'clock. So by the time you're out of there, by 3, 3.30. So you can, you know, you can throw it to uh, Nestler and uh, Danielson, who will be at, you know, out, you know, in, in, uh, in uh, Baton Rouge for like for LSU Alabama, you know, for you know for an, a perfect example. So it'd be interesting to see how CBS handles that in conflict with uh, with the NFL that they'll have on that weekend. But uh, but we shall see. I mean, I I'll, I'll be into both. You know, be into both. Uh, if you know, there'll probably be no NBA in the middle of November for twenty twenty. If they end if they wrap up the season somehow by Labor Day, there'll be no basketball, so just so it'll be college football, the NFL and the Masters. So you know it, it you know, it would it wouldn't it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have to have a little Masters thrown in with uh with with the football. Especially if Tiger's in it and and who knows we could witness some history in Tiger repeating. It's a long shot, but hey, not that many people thought he'd win the two thousand nineteen Masters, so you know, as uh, as um, as my uh, as I've heard throughout my life, with God anything is possible. But uh, but that r- remains to be seen. So, I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast. Shout out and thanks to Mike in Orange County for joining us. Um, really appreciate it. Follow me on Twitter at the J Shield. Follow the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it T I is. Subscribe. Listen if you haven't already. Available on Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, The Works. Uh, if you know Colin Coward, tell her to give your boy a holla. It's your boy Jai Shields. Talk to you in the next one. See ya.